Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Friday. I hope you're all doing well. And first off, we've got a voicemail from John Allen Large, all about my equipment episode. So go ahead, John. Hi, Glenn. John here. I just wanted to call in and say that I really enjoyed your episode where you were talking about interesting equipment and weapons. And in fact, I was inspired to have a look through my Castles in Crusades book, which has some great examples of halberds in, since apparently Gary Gygax had a bit of a thing for halberds, but also some really great other equipment in. And I've actually equipped a witch hunter in my setting with a weapon called a crowbill. Now, I didn't know what this was. I had to go and give it a look up on the internet thank you very much google but essentially it's like a sort of smaller slimline pickaxe with the sort of pick bit being used to break open and smash through armor so i think as you say it's just a nice little thing it's not the normal sort of long sword or anything like that and just adds a bit of uniqueness to that npc to enhance his portrayal great stuff dude take care and keep up the good work catch you soon thank you very much john thank you for for calling that in. Yeah, Crowquill. Crowquill, that uh, sounds a lot. <laughs> I could have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I, yeah, I just feel that, you know, that anything you can do, that's just one thing. Anything you can do to give personality to your character, it's a good thing. And I thought, well, equipment has a lot to do with it and clothes and other things like that. Now, like I said before, I wouldn't get too heavy into it until like the first three sessions are over or maybe five sessions, then you start working on the personality. But there's nothing wrong with something at the beginning. You know, oh, he has a croquet. Oh, he has a whip. Oh, he has a, the, uh, a pair of bolas. You know, things like that. It's, there's nothing wrong with starting them off with that. I mean, that could be their main defining trait at that time. And then after a few sessions, you understand he's getting a few levels. He's survived. That's the whole point. Then you can start working on him with the equipment and other things, personality traits and what he wears and all that kind of stuff. But thank you, Alton John. That re- I really appreciate that one. Okay, I'm getting ready to start another campaign with Swords and Wizardry. And I'm going to use The Midderlands by Glenn Seal, a monkey blood design. Edwin Nagy, Glenn Seal. And uh, who's the other guy? Um... <laughs> Nagy, Nolan, and Seal. That's what the book says. Okay. So, I've never used this before. I've read through it. I absolutely love it. I love his stuff. That whole area is fascinating. I just worry if it's going to fit the PC with the with the players. Because it is a little quirky. It is very, very British. And it's very... Well, I can make it work. It's like, <laughs> I'm the GM. I can make it work. Yes. So, we'll just... We'll just worry about that. Now, how to start them. Now, I have a lot of these setting books and a lot of game systems, newer game systems too. And something like this, which is a campaign setting, it they usually include like a sample adventure. And even the even the more more known ones like Astonishing Storms and such include a, a sample adventure, a, something to get you started, you know? Now, I don't always use those. I tend to give them 
the same critical eye that I would give any other pre-published adventure module. Does is it does it interest me? Do I think it would interest my players? Would it fit into the world? Things like that. So I don't always use the pre-planned adventure they have. But in that case, I do the next best thing. I write something from the ground up based in that area or using maybe some things from that adventure and sort of tweak it the way I do. Now, if your campaign setting comes with a map, all the better. I have a Midderlands map here. First of all, I'm going to find out where exactly this adventure starts and ends. I look on the map and I go, okay, that's there, that's there. Okay, fine. What else can I do in this area with this? Are there other plot hooks maybe the author gives you in the book that you could use to adapt to this? I've read through the book and there's plot hooks galore in this thing. I would also go look in the area he talks about in the adventure and see if there's anything else going on. He also puts hex he also he also writes hexes for a hex crawl in here about I don't know 18 of them. 18 hexes in a, a pretty good sized map and see if there's any hexes on or near that area. Because usually when you're starting a characters in a in a in an introductory scenario, that's usually a pretty good character, or rather, that's a pretty good area for them to start in for anything. So if it's that way, I will look around and see, okay, I don't really, really care for this adventure. What else is going on? So you start looking through the book. You start thumbing through the book and looking at, I start writing down plot hooks, plot hooks that would work, that I think. So what we have here is you want to use the intro, Fine. You don't want to use the intro? Pull out the map, find out where it takes place, and see what else is around there. Or if you can, or if you can get enough flavor where you can make something up that's around there. So I'm not always caught flat-footed. I really love intro adventures for rule books and supplements like this, and that's why because I may not use it, but I can use bits of it and just make it my own. And that's really the way to go. Now, as far as, as far as what's going on and what kind of critters you have, you can also mine critters out of that intro scenario. They may have a really good set piece at one point. That's a great set piece, but you don't want to use the rest of it. Take the set piece. If it's, if it's orcs dabbling in magic or if it's a, a belay terrorizing the, this, farm, this farm here, just take the general situation and transplant it into something original. And also remember, I've done this before too. I've taken scenarios, I've taken adventures, intro and whatever, and and I'm not in, I I change direction. I change a direction on I may you can change whatever you want in it. But I'm saying I've gotten there I've gotten in there midstream and between sessions I go hmm that's not quite I don't know if I want to do that this would be more this would be more interesting let's try that and I veer the plot off in a different direction and I'm not even talking about what's going to happen with the player characters I'm not even talking about what happens when you sit down at a table with the players and they start interacting with the the world and they start doing all this and 
it will change direction. It, it'll probably change direction anyway for whatever they're doing, because it's the nature of the game. It's the nature of players and characters, and the nature of my job. Basically, <laughs> that's part of the job, man. You know, doing stuff like this. So, an intro adventure is not just an intro adventure. It's it's something to be mined like anything else in your in your game in your in your world, and as long as you get a you know it doesn't matter if you're following it to a T or if you're you just you're just tearing it apart or just checking it out and doing your own. It doesn't matter if you can start your campaign with a bang, do it. That's what I'm just looking for. Start with a bang, and that way everybody gets engaged. Boom. So. Like I said, start. I don't knock starter adventures, but you can do a lot more with them than you can think. So, I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to go start my day. If you want to talk to me about this, oldmangrognard at gmail.com. You drop an email or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. And we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can support this. Support this, and I would thank you. I thank my supporters, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Mark, and Juan Carlos. You guys are great. Mark C. Wallring's podcast, of course, The Yawning Owlbear. And it's Friday, folks. The only few, if if you can get, if you can hear this, hear the sound of my voice at this time, the, the Tom Wilson Off the Beaten Path City Excursions Kickstarter ends today. Or tonight, I should say. I don't know what time, but they've only got a, a few hours so check it out it's a great supplement those are great supplements he turns out the artwork's gorgeous there's a lot of plot hooks and adventures in his books this is city the city excursions so go to kickstarter.com look for off the beaten path or tom wilson t-h-o-m wilson and go and be part of that go go make a pledge they've already funded but you know they've got stretch goals that they need to they got tons of stretch goals, and it's just a good product. So, kickstarter.com. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Yeah.